joined now by Paul Porter. Hi, Paul. Hello, Simon. And it's been a good year, Paul. We're going to look back on what you think are some advances in accessible technology in the last year. It's been pretty good, though, hasn't it? It has. And, and you know, the, the great thing about technology now is, you know, you've got the traditional access technology, which is usually bits that you add on to existing products like your computer. So you put a magnification package or a screen reader onto it and it makes that accessible. But the great thing is a lot of products now are accessible out of the box, which means that you buy something like a phone or a tablet and it's got the speech and the magnification built in that you can then turn on and use as anyone else would. So you can get a phone and start using it straight away. So for me, that's that's a really good development. It's the way things are going. You don't necessarily need anything special to, to make um, a product accessible. And one of the companies that have been leading the way in that has been Apple, hasn't it? Absolutely. We've had a, a couple of good things. We've had new a new iPhones and iPads and so on. But one of the exciting things for me was the, the Apple Watch, which is a, a, a companion to your phone, so you, you wouldn't really use it standalone. But the Apple Watch does what it says on the tin. It tells you the time, and it has, again, built-in accessibility, voiceover, and magnification. It also enables you to discreetly look or listen to any notifications that you have on your, your, your phone. So things like weather alerts, news alerts, traffic alerts, emails, text messages coming in. Um, you know, so normally you're in meetings and you hear lots of bings and bongs and, you know, people's phones going off. Um, but your, your watch can do that discreetly with little vibrations and little pings and pong noises, you know, that, that allow you to something you can then read at your, your leisure. It also tells time very well. You can set alarms and timers and you can use all sorts of different apps that you have on your phone uh, you can control from your, your watch. So that the watch, essentially the watch face is a bit like a, an iPhone screen. It's, it's touch sensitive and you can control it using gestures that you might be familiar with on, on your phone. So that was a great boon. I've got one myself, which I'm really pleased with. The other thing about it, Simon, is that it looks really nice. It's a nice piece of technology. It's a nice piece of jewellery too. And for me, that's important as well. When I saw you with it, I thought you were James Bond. <laughs> well, yeah, if only had the car. <laughs> That's the next stage. <laughs> uh, uh, give it another five years and we'll be having driverless cars. That'd be that. That'd be cool. Now, what what about Apple Pay? Because that that was uh, now for people that aren't aware of it. Apple Pay. How does it work? It works similarly to contactless cards. So you set the card up on your phone or indeed your watch and. The great thing about Apple Pay, it scans your card, it puts, puts all, it takes the name and the number from your card, you put in things like your expiry date and security number, and then it sets it up, and then you touch your phone or your watch to any terminal that does um, contactless pay, and, you know, a little bing, and it's, it's done. But it's, it's secure because you have to double tap a button on your fo- on your watch or your phone. It, it doesn't just activate if you touch it, so you don't then easily set the thing off by mistake, which can happen if you're using contactless cards. You then immediately get a notification saying you've paid however much it is, you know, anything from a penny up to, to £30. And um, it's just a very quick and easy way of, of ordering anything from a bar of chocolate, you know, to magazines, newspapers. Um, I've even used it at my, my local chip shop to, to buy dinner. So, uh, you have, well. Well, have you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's just too easy, I think. It is, you know, and, and I kind of like the security aspect of it. But the phone uses your fingerprint ID to, to, to pay as well, so it, it seems pretty secure. 
Yeah, and there is a push towards going away from pin numbers, isn't there, to do more things like fingerprint or, or facial recognition. Absolutely. And and just before we leave kind of the Apple stuff, I mean, for me, the thing I've noticed this year, um, myself doing, I, if I wanted to look something up on the, on the internet, I quite often, you know, take the laptop out, turn it on, log on, and it would take a while. Now I'm finding myself doing a lot more with my phone uh, in terms of buying stuff online and looking up information. So the phone is just becoming an, an invaluable, almost computer device that you've got in your pocket. So, you know, I'm talking to you on it now. I can people use it to take photographs and send videos around the world and Facebook and all the kind of stuff. You know, buying and selling products and and, and just emailing and you know finding out where you are, finding out what information's available, finding out about buses and trains and all sorts of things. That in this little pocketable device, you've got so much you know capability. As long as you've got enough battery, Paul. That's the thing that you know. So. I'm finding I'm charging my phone maybe once, twice a day, depending how much I use it. But we've talked about in the program, you can you can buy little pocket chargers that you charge up and then you can charge your phone. So, But I guess the next big breakthrough is going to be better batteries because it used to be the case people would use their phones for about a week without charging it. But now, because you do so much with your phone, you've got to charge it more often. Right now, for, for um, people with partial sight and people who are not really familiar with smartphones you've picked synaptic technology now tell us a bit about that there's been some advances with that haven't there there has so synaptic it's been around a, a, a few years and, and it's written by the same people who wrote the guide software for windows computers which makes your computer nice and easy to use and it's got speech and magnification puts everything up in nice easy to use menus so you don't have to hunt around to find icons or, or bits of information and Synaptic has taken that on to Android, tablets, and phones. And it gives you a nice, easy, enlarged print on the screen and also has speech feedback. But typically on a phone, you would have maybe 15, 20 icons on the screen, you know, little pictures at any one time. So you would have icons for phone, mail, Google, etc., etc. Synaptic takes it, makes it easier, so you've got maybe five or six options on the screen at any one time. So you can easily find things, and it, it, it does all this at usual phone stuff but it has entertainment options for things like bbc iplayer listening to radio and so on so you know it, it's uh, it's also got an option for scanning and reading print and um, so nice easy to use simple but effective phone or tablet that you can buy and clarion have been experimenting with creating a phone that somebody has no experience with a touch screen uh, and they can they can use a phone can't they and get used to it that's right. So Claria was formerly called Telorian, but they changed the name this year. And essentially, that's a, again an Android phone. Um, it's a touchscreen phone, but it has a, a rubber overlay that fits over, I guess, about two thirds of the screen. And the overlay's got little cutouts that you put your fingers into. So it's got a grid for the, fo- the, the numbers. It's got an up and down arrow, you know, pick up and end call. So someone who's never used a touchscreen can pick up the phone. When you turn it on again, you've got nice, easy-to-use menu. So you've got, you know, menu one to nine. Um, you can go into number one, for example, phone dialer, and then you, you dial a number just by touching the, the grid and dipping your finger in to touch the screen. So it feels pretty much using a phone with buttons, even though you're touching the screen through this little grid. And we've had people who have bought it and, you know, quite quickly have picked it up and making phone calls and texting and, you know, doing all the things that you'd want to do on a phone. 
And you can get information about the Synaptic uh, phones and the Claria phone on the RNIB shop website, for one thing as well. Now, I don't think we could we could finish, Paul, without uh, one of the major events for blind and partially sighted people this year with the Talking Book Service. Absolutely. So RNIB announced that the previously subscription-based Talking Book Service and the Overdrive downloadable book service we're now going to be free, so anyone can apply and either have one or both of the the services. It was to mark the 80th anniversary of Talking Books, and you know Talking Books have been with us for that length of time, and they've gone from large 78 records to cartridge type cassettes to CDs to downloadable. Um, so you know the the, the service has progressed, and I want to be felt it would be a good time to to make those free to any blind or partial sighted people who wanted to take advantage of it. So you can contact the RNIB helpline, join the Talking Book service or Overdrive and have your books either downloadable on CD or on a memory stick and um, fill out a simple form and then you can subscribe to the over 22,000 titles that are available to the Talking Book and Overdrive service. It really has made a difference because there was a big jump up of people using the service. Yeah, you know, it's great. And you know, we've got lots of titles that are read by usually, um, you know, very well-trained actors or famous people. Uh, so they quite often, you know, put character voices to characters and, you know, it makes the reading of a book a bit more exciting. And, um, yeah, really good service. So if you haven't tried it, give it a go. You know, have access to those 22,000 or titles. Right, well, that's just us scratching the surface, Paul, but uh, there's plenty more information on RNIB website. So how, how, how do we get in touch with you then for, for any help? So you can contact us through the RNIB helpline, which is 0303 123 or you can email ict at rnib.org.uk.